finished my certificate, finished my MBA, started my business right after. And so it's a very long pathway, but a lot of what I learned by not knowing exactly what I was going to do has made the business stronger because I can identify with students feeling like you have to decide what you want to be for the next 82 years. Right. You're like, like when you're 13. This is Small Business Celebration. Welcome, where we're celebrating small businesses for big breakthroughs. Visioners, your business is going well. You're growing, you're developing things, things are starting to happen, and yet over here in the corner of your eye, you spy another business that's for sale that would be a wonderful vertical integration with your own. So you start doing the research, you start doing looking on videos online, you start getting all the information that you can. The problem is, is what aren't they telling you? Well, our guest this week here on Small Business Celebration is Kat Klaus, the owner of March Consulting. Welcome to Small Business Celebration. Thank you for having me. And for visionaries who don't know who you are, who are you and what is it that you do? My name is Kat Klaus. I'm the owner of March Consulting. We're a college planning firm. So we help families and students through the college admissions process. Anything from uh, starting thinking about college, planning out activities, grades, looking at different college options and what the best fit would be, and my favorite, which is trying to lower the cost of college as much as possible, guiding students through that process. Uh, that is a little bit about what we do. I have a bachelor's in communications from Santa Clara University. I have a master's of business administration with an emphasis in entrepreneurship from Mount St. Mary's University and my postgraduate certificate from UC Irvine in educational consulting. I'm a member of the Independent Educational Consultants Association, the IECA, as a professional member. There's a lot of vetting that has to happen and a certain amount of years of experience to be a part of that organization and the Higher Educational Consultants Association. I, I'm a speaker, I'm also an author. I've written two books so far, one on college admissions and one in partnership with Robin Paggi on Gen Z. So that's a little bit about me. And an avid collector of pennants. Yes, <laughs> yes, and mostly because these are all places that my students have gone. Really? Yes, and, so and every pennant you see is somewhere where they've gone. So these are pennants that you have behind you for Davis and Emerson College, and, and but you also have more outside. Those those are bigger pennants. Is there is there a reason why they're bigger outside? The bigger ones are formatted nicer because they're big <laughs> together, so it's an aesthetic right? reason. And then the little ones are better on the walls behind us. Right? So it's 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 purely aesthetics and decoration. How did you get into this? Because did you wake up one day and say, you know what, I'm going to help students go to college? It would have been so much easier. <laughs> no, actually, I've always loved learning. Mm. So I am, a, I am a teacher's pet, by the book student. You were that kid that was in the front row. That always in the front row. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, now, I never rose, rose my hand to say that you forgot to give us homework. I was not that kid. I was smarter than that. But I was always in the front row. You know, I, I loved learning things. I got in this massive car accident. Oh. When I came back to school, I went on independent study for three months. There was a lot of things at school that were no longer 
easy for me. I had to relearn how to memorize things. I had a concussion, so my brain was healing. I had to drop out of a lot of my advanced classes, and that's where all my friends were. Right. So I actually, I was thinking I was going to transfer high schools, and I was looking in the Kern High School District manual because I am, I went to school here in Kern County. Right. And I found that I had enough credits to graduate. Wow. So I convinced my parents and my principal to let it happen. Right. They agreed that I could graduate the summer of my junior year of high school as long as I went to junior college first. Last thing you want to do is go to Bakersfield College. I don't want to go to Bakersfield College. It's five blocks from my house. Highland <laughs> High School was further away from my house than BC. Oh. So that was a big like, all right, <laughs> so I made every mistake in the college admissions process possible, that every stereotypical mistake you could make. Right. I did end up transferring pretty successfully. I got into all of my schools except for one. University of Pennsylvania said no. <laughs> I was like heartbroken at that point. UPenn said, nope, UPenn you're said not good no. enough for us. And that's how I took it. I took uh, it like I'm human garbage. There was crying, right? Like, why I'm don't they love me? I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. A, I'm not worthy. Right. I know now as a professional, they take 30 transfer students in the whole world, period. Right. So I'm not as upset now. Yeah, but when you got that letter, that was a personal indictment against you it as a was. person. It was, and I am a... I define myself as a good student. Right. So apparently I'm not good enough. Mm. So that was really hard. The other piece is that when I was deciding what school to go to, a lot of the schools that I applied to that I was excited about, I couldn't go to because they didn't give me ample scholarships to go. Right. Uh, my parents so, were in this weird gray area. So you were in this donut hole like my parents were, where they made too much money for you to qualify for any kinds of grants or anything like that. But at the same time, they couldn't afford to send you to school. That's exactly. It was the, It's this weird in-between gray area. Right. So I chose the school that gave me the biggest scholarship. Which was? Which was Santa Clara University. Okay. Go Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> um, I took out a student loan. I, I worked while I was in college. I right. had three jobs on campus. Wow. I don't remember a lot about my last two years of college because I, I did that. I double majored. I changed my major when I got there. So there was a lot of turmoil. There was a lot of things going on. Maybe? Oh, yeah, all of uh, it. Okay, all right. But in my mind, not good enough. Oh, right. right? Sure. And so I went to Santa Clara, loved it. But I was in public school my whole life, and now I'm going to a private school. And I didn't realize the opportunities that some of my classmates had that I didn't have. Mm. And that was the first moment where I kind of realized that there's another world right. out there outside of what I was used to. Right. I thought that I would go into the film industry. I wanted to be a cinematographer. That's what I wanted to do. I was going to work with Spielberg. It was going to be amazing. Right. And so I moved to L.A. Right. I started working in the film industry. I realized yeah, in a couple years that I don't like movies as much as I thought I did. I don't think this is a good fit for me. It's a strange animal. You have to be wired differently to survive. Right. And yeah. you have to have a very thick skin. Yeah. And while I developed a thicker skin, right. I'm still a big softy. Right. So if somebody's frustrated and they're yelling at me because they're frustrated, it was really hard for me to take, which, right. is, which is normal. Right. So I was looking a little bit more for something that was going to feed my soul. Mm. And I fell into costume design accidentally, started taking up some projects, got a lot of experience, loved it. 
I was complaining to my dad one day, and he right. said, you know, I think BC is hiring a costume designer. Like, you could come right. home, you could buy a house. Like, I made the choice to come back to Bakersfield. That's where I started working with students. Mm. And I realized very quickly that they were making the exact same mistakes that I made mm. transferring. They had resources, they didn't know how to use them. They didn't know what questions to ask to their advisors. Right. They, they were floundering. So I ended up helping a lot of my students with the application process, with applying to colleges. How do you um, figure out transfer credits? How do you talk to admissions? How do you do your personal statement? Things like that, not inside the scope of my job, right. but just because I've done this and I made a lot of mistakes. Don't don't do what I did. Don't stand on that landmine. Right. Good. <laughs> uh, you find your own. Find your own. <laughs> I'm sure. So um, I started. I started there. Now I did make a move into project management at the at the, re the Great Recession. Right. right? Um, education got cut. My job got cut. So I made a move a move over to work for the power company. And during that time, I missed that piece that fed me. Mm. Right seeing the difference that I was making instead of kind of pushing papers and projects around. Right. So I started looking for something and I was still helping a lot of the theater kids that I knew because I was doing theater on the side right. with their college applications. Right. And a really good friend of mine who's from the East Coast walked by one day and said, what are you guys doing? Like, hey, what's going you know? And so, oh, you know, he's looking at, you know, applying for colleges. And so we're, you know, going through the applications and things like that. And he said, oh, you're like my college consultant. A what? Exactly. Like your high school counselor? What right, is that? right. No, no, I had a college consultant. She helped me pick out film programs and theater programs, and she helped me through the process, and she was independent of my school, and that's why you could do that for a job? You can do this that for a living? amazing. <laughs> so I looked into it, and I got more and more excited because I'll be able to visit colleges. I love going to college campuses, like all the cool things you can do. See the ivy-covered professors in ivy-covered halls? I... <laughs> Yes, um, a little bow tie and the, you know, the patches, right? You know, going to the libraries and see, just seeing all the possibilities. I always feel smarter when I'm on a college campus, right? right? I'm like, oh, maybe I should go back to school and get another degree. And funnily enough, I started looking into it and I was like, I could do this for a living. I don't know anything about business and I'm going to have to start a business for this. Right. So my mind is you go back to school. Right. So I started looking at master's programs in business. I applied, I was accepted, I worked full-time and went to school for time, full-time for my master's. Right. Finished my certificate, finished my MBA, started my business right after. And so it's a very long pathway, but a lot of what I learned by not knowing exactly what I was going to do has made the business stronger because I can identify with students feeling like you have to decide what you want to be for the next 82 years right. you're like like when you're 13 which is is not far off if you want to take advantages of opportunities and really set yourself up right. but for students who aren't sure they get frozen and I can share my story and unfreeze them most of the time is it a popular misconception that what you have to offer is for the middle, upper class, and the wealthier people in town? It is a misconception. Okay. And the reason is, is that a lot of students will qualify for ample scholarships, almost like full rides to colleges, if right. they curate their college list appropriately. Mm. And to do that, you really have to know the system. Right. 
and how the college is going to calculate how much your family is going to receive. Mm. And I work with students across the board, all income levels. If we have a student who needs us, who maybe can't afford, I always open up a, a couple scholarship spots every mm. year um, because I don't want to turn anybody away. Right. I don't want to say that we're in the process of starting a nonprofit wing, but we're in the process of starting a nonprofit wing so you're that we can help more students. Yes. You're, you're entertaining. We're entertaining the, the idea. idea so that we can help more students that don't have the money for our services. Right. A majority of the students that we work with are in that weird gap. Right. We have a lot of students that have a lot of need, is mm -hmm. what that's called, need for scholarships and right. things like that. And of course we have students who don't, but um, we are very much the, the working class consultant. One of the things that I emphasize with my students right. across the board, uh -huh is that we want to curate your college list so that you are offered by the school as much money as possible because of the fact that once you finish college, you have other things to spend your money on. You wanna be able to buy a house. You wanna be able to buy a car. You wanna be able to travel and things like that. And you can't do that if you have student loans like I do. And speaking of houses, because when you get the ability to go to college and you have the ability to get the right position, own your own business, you can afford the house that you want. That brings us to this week's Visionary Question brought to you by Mike Saba of Watson Realty. Give Mike a call at 661-203-8406. Reach him at MikeSaba1 at iCloud.com. Our visionary question comes from Mary who asks, we are buying a second small business to vertically align with our first one. What is the unexpected thing you had to deal with that nobody told you about? Because you just you just bought a second business. We did, okay. yes. And what's so, the name of it? It is called Higher Scores Test Prep. Okay. And that's exactly what we did, okay. is we bought the business to align with what we were already doing to what, offer more services for our students. And what does that business do? Higher Scores Test Prep, we help with SAT and ACT prep. Oh. So it used to be that everybody had to have one. Because of the pandemic and the changes that had to happen, right. now it's a little more chaotic. So if you're going to go to these universities though, do you still have to take these tests? That's the big question. Ah. Now, for some schools or for students that have test anxiety and things like that, usually the answer is if you have strong grades, if you have rigor in your schedule, meaning right. you're taking the most advanced classes your school offers, et cetera, not necessarily. Mm. But if you're looking at those top 50 schools and we're not going to talk about, you know, uh, grades these days. You know, things have changed a little bit more. More right. students are getting A's, right? There's an opportunity for you to add that extra piece to help you demonstrate just a little bit more to admissions officers that you may belong at their school. Got it. If you don't submit, it doesn't hurt you, but it also doesn't help you. Got it. So now there's a lot more uncertainty and we knew that with our students for certain schools, you do want to have a solid test score. What was the landmine that you stepped on when you bought the second <laughs> business? All of them. Okay. Um, I, I, I didn't seek it out. Okay. A really good business colleague of mine mm -hmm. 
um, decided she had higher scores test prep. She was doing amazing. We started around the same time. We were both theater kids, right? We were we would lean on each other a little bit. Right. And I was always inspired by what she was doing, and we would talk about our values and things like that. She decided that she wanted to take a different direction mm. and start a different business. Okay. And so she wanted to sell the business to someone who aligned with the same values and goals. Congratulations. Thank you. So um, she contacted me and said, hey, funny idea. <laughs> thinking about you. They think about you. Are you interested? Right. And at the time, we were having difficulty. We were thinking about building an SAT ACT piece for our students because we always had to refer them out, right? right? That was not a piece that we could handle. Mm. I had no idea about acquisitions other than what I read in my textbook from my grad program. It's completely different when it's a Fortune 500 company and and it's one and chapter of one subset of oh yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah exactly it's, yeah. it's you know well and, when the CEO says I'm right. like well that's me and then right. the COO says well that's me right right so so your whole life is now dependent on this three three sentence thing that you forgot about you completely had one test question exactly, on right right yeah I think the biggest landmine for me was the transition process mm. because the time of year that we started the transition is like our tax season oh, it no. is the it's application season it's the busiest season of the year and so i had to farm out to other employees a lot of those pieces because i'm meeting with my clients right. and so now i have piecemeal transition and oh. even though she stayed on for six weeks to help with the transition there's a lot of things that were missed because we didn't have the time to sit down for six weeks and transition. So that was the biggest thing is preparing for, it's gonna take way more time than you think it will. You, you're getting into another business owner's brain right? and you're finding the cracks, you're finding things that maybe, oh, we should do that. That's right. a really good idea. We should probably institute that on this side. But then there's also, a timeline that you have to follow and then fully taking it over and my biggest problem is now I'm running two businesses and I was already having there's only there's only so many hours in a day right there's 24 and I'm using 28 of them <laughs> and now I have to fit in another piece right and so another big landmine I would say is I should have hired someone immediately to help with that piece mm. and not just say I can do it because I was already so over committed to what I was already doing. I've since learned that we have somebody helping me run that piece. Right. But at the end of the night on the 12th day of the week, mm -hmm. how do you not take that personally? Because you're the kind right. of person that it, it is all about control. It's all about, you know, I have to perform my best all the time. Mm -hmm. And you've got this other business that's doing well. You're in the middle of tax season, your version of tax season, admin season. And, and yet now this is your fault because this is all falling apart. Right. There's a lot of imposter syndrome okay. that snuck in yeah. that I had to ditch. And mm. when I say ditch it, I don't mean that I was able to switch flip a switch and oh, I'm fine now, right? It's, I don't know what I'm doing. Am I gonna sink everything? All these people are defend, but do I know what I'm talking about, right? There's all this familiar blah in your right. head. Right. And um, 
I had to come to a point. It took me a year and a half to realize I can't do this on my own, period. You just need, cat. you need to get over it. You don't have to do everything. You do not have to learn everything. You need to put the right people in the right positions. And that was, it sounds so obvious. It's like, why didn't you see that? But it was somewhere in this zone where I just couldn't see it. And so as I was working through that imposter syndrome, I realized, well, no, I don't, I don't have to learn how to, how to tutor question nine of the SAT. I need to find someone who can tutor question nine, right? And train, you know, and so that piece, I think I just needed to work through and get to the point where I could just get over myself. Very similar when you start your business, there is a moment where you ask yourself, do I really know what I'm talking about? Right. Do, am I really gonna be able to help these people, right? And you just have to push through and get over it and then see the results because you know you're gonna put the work in, right? It's never I always know the answer, it's if I don't know, I will figure it out, right? Or I know the right people to ask. So I think that that was, that was the biggest piece and I just ha- you just have to get over yourself. Just, just come to terms with you can't be good at everything. That's the piece. If visioneers want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? They can email me, kat at mymarchconsulting.com. They can reach out to the main office, which is info at mymarchconsulting.com. They can call us 661-747-4514, or they can go on our website. We have mymarchconsulting.com and we have higherscorestestprep.com. And if you enjoy Small Business Celebration, go ahead and like, subscribe, notify, and say something nice in the comments. And we'll be right back. With the dark winter cold, rats and ants are being pushed into your home. Stay comfortable in your home with a call to Oxley Pest Control at 661-325-2687. The professionals at Oxley Pest Control can install door sweeps and traps, keep those little critters out, and protect your greatest asset. Call Oxley Pest Control at 661-325-2687 or visit them at oxleypest.com. That's O-X-L-E-Y-P-E-S-T.com now. The reason we're here talking with Cat Klaus is because of a visioneer question that came from a visioneer just like you. We had a visioneer that wanted to find out, yeah, I want to merge my business with another, but what aren't they telling me? So if you've got a question, you've got a thought, something you'd like to learn about here on Small Business Celebration, reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, and let us know. Who knows, your question could appear here on Small Business Celebration. So reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram today. You mentioned before that you come from a family of business owners. Your dad was a business owner? My dad, uh, he managed my grandpa's businesses. My mom had her own salon, so she was a business owner. What was the biggest, single biggest impact that they've had on you? My, My grandpa always said, he had this big network, and he always said, I don't have to know everything. I just know how, I just need to know who to ask. And he always encouraged us, he said, if something happens to me, because he had a ranch, he had 400 acres of grapes, he had a hardware store, 
And he says, if something happens to me, he told my dad, you're going to take over everything. And my dad says, I don't know anything about farming. He says, no, but you know a lot of farmers and you can ask them because that's how he got started. He didn't know anything about farming and he went around and asked all the people he could that would talk to him about their opinions, their advice, what they would tell him. And he would take the stuff that he thought was really good and implement it. And then he says, the best thing about opinions is you can take, not take the stuff that you don't like. Right. right? And that's how he started his business was just by talking to people and getting their advice and then implementing it. Is that what happened to you? Yes. I started with reaching out to other IECs. Tell me more What's about what IEC? you do. Independent educational consultant. What do you do? Uh, how, what do you recommend? How do you recommend that I start? What would you avoid if you could start over again? And so I kind of put my little journalism hat on for my communications degree and I just started asking a whole bunch of questions. And people who wouldn't return my phone call or my email, I just moved on and asked somebody else. But I also gained some great mentors in my field who helped me, you know, you need to join this organization. You need to, this is the certificate that you're probably, it's gonna be a good fit for you. This is what you need to do. We recommend you get your master's degree, right? Um, just doing that little bit of research. Did your grandfather help guide you or your mother help guide you through the imposter syndrome? One of the reasons that I also started my business, I didn't talk about this, was because my grandpa had passed away. Mm. And he was, in my mind, the ultimate businessman, mm. right? He kind of had this, it seemed like he had this Midas touch. Now that's because I was also a kid and I never heard about the hard times. My right. grandma later filled in a lot of the hard times, especially when she would see me working so much. Mm. And she says, there was a time when we could, we went out of town to go pick somebody up and we told the staff not to pay any of the bills till we got back. And then they paid the bills while we were gone thinking they did us a favor and we didn't have any money for two months. <sighs> so she told me a lot of the, you know, right. and my, then my mom, my mom didn't have a business background. She talked to a whole bunch of people and then started her business. My grandpa helped her a lot with that too. Mm -hmm. I think in the back of my mind, I always thought grandpa did this with nothing. So if grandpa did this, surely with all the resources that I have, I can do this, right? So that was always kind of like filed back there. But then there's also this, this weight of pressure that I put on myself. Grandpa did really well. So, what are you doing? And he did well without the formal education, without all of these pieces. So what are you doing, right? And so I think it's a little bit of a double-edged sword in that way. Um, my mom has always been like, of course, my biggest cheerleader. Every, most moms are, right? right? right. And she would tell stories, that, uh, things that she came across. And those become, those become like business legend, you know, right. like, oh, I remember when. And, right. um, but she's also to, there to say, I promise it'll get better. I didn't know what to do either. You'll figure it out. I'll never forget that the day that I decided I was going to quit my steady union benefits job, having a one-year-old child to make the decision that I'm gonna take this business full time and not know if I'm gonna make it. I remember that I talked to my husband about it first. 
and he says, let's do it. Whatever we have to do, whatever credit eggs we have to break, <laughs> let's do it, right? Because right. no, nothing says, you know, starting a business like having a baby, right? right like, sure, sure. sure. Why, why not? And then the next step, I couldn't, in my mind, make that decision until I talked to my parents and knew I had their support. That was, I think that was part of the also like, do you believe in me enough that I should make this big decision? And my dad said, you should run out of the company that you're working for as fast as you can. Run, don't walk. He says, yes, do it. Start the business. And my mom says, I know you can do it. And we're, we're behind you 100%. And, and I needed that permission somehow. Just like my personality, I, I needed a piece of paper to say that I was qualified to start a business because for some reason in my head, only geniuses start businesses, right? Like those were the smart kids in college. Right. I don't know why I didn't think I wasn't the smart. I had an amazing GPA, but those were the smart kids. Kids that right. went to law school were the smart kids. Kids that were engineers, those were the smart kids, right? And so to know that I had their support, they believed in me, I think helped get me out of that imposter syndrome just enough to be crazy enough to go, here we go. I don't know what's gonna happen, but we're, but there's also a, I couldn't be half in, half out anymore. It was sink or swim. And because of that, I think those first two years, there was a lot of chances I had to take because it was sink or swim. And I think that made a lot of difference. I've talked to a lot of people who are in that in between, that one foot in, one foot out. And I think that's almost a worse situation to be in because you're already tired at the end of the day from working your job. And now you're trying to start this big thing that actually does need 20 hours of your time every day. And you're not, in my opinion, I could be completely wrong. This is just my experience. You could be totally wrong in that you're holding yourself back and you don't believe in yourself enough to actually make that leap. And it's, it's hindering your business opportunity because you do have to go into it. And you're helping these students achieve success and be able to get the things that they want, including a new house. <laughs> really bad tie-in, but I have to do it for Mike Saba because he's one of the sponsors for our Visioneer question. And this Visioneer question is brought to you by Mike Saba, a Zillow Premier agent with Watson Realty, born, raised, and never left Bakersfield. Give Mike Saba a call at 661-203-8406 or reach him at MikeSaba1 at iCloud.com today. Are you ready for this Visioneer question? I am. Visioneer Nicholas asks, we have a unique business that doesn't lend itself well to trade groups, but it's lonely. Where do you go for business advice for other, from other business owners? I think this is a really good question because that identifies, I thought when I started a business, it was going to be a little bit like it was on TV. Right. I should have known better because I have business owners, a long lineage of business owners right. in my family, and I see them working all the time and everything else. But I assumed you, know, you get your MBA, you start your business, a million dollars, right? Like that's how it works. Well, yeah, right? right, sure. And I realized that you're stepping outside of the traditional paycheck right. benefits guaranteed to hit your bank account as right. long as you have your job, right? right? And a lot of my friends did not understand right. the differences. And so stepping out initially 
I was just in my office by myself, reading as much business material as I could get my hands on. Luckily, in high school, another long story that I'm not going to tell, right. I was a part of the Interact Club. And Interact in high school is a division of Rotary International. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got into Interact, and that was my first introduction to the business world. I remember right. going to a Rotary meeting, like all these adults were asking me questions about like my plans and things, and it, it made this huge impression on me. Right. And the dad of the student who asked me to be in Interact right. was in Rotary. Our families were, were friends, and so I would constantly ask him, you know, oh, someday I'm going to join Rotary, right? Like that was right. like, someday I'm going to join Rotary. At that point, you had to be a certain age to join Rotary. You right. had to be 30. Right. So every year, I would say, I'm almost there, I'm almost there, I'm almost there, right? Since I was 17, right. I was going to join Rotary. And when I turned 30, I had my business. It was the, you know, it was the first year that I was going through my business, and we were sitting at a, at a Christmas get-together, and I was like, oh, yeah, Doug. I can join Rotary now. Sure. <laughs> so um, he took me around to the different clubs. I selected the one that best fit me at the time. Which is? Bakersfield Twilight Rotary. We're the okay. best best Rotary in town. By Just the way. ask you. Right. We are. We're not your grandfather's Rotary. <laughs> okay. So I joined Bakersfield Twilight. And for the first time, I was with other professionals. But I also had fellow business owners. Mm. And fellow business owners that were 10, 15, 20 years ahead of me. Right. And... Because of the nature of Rotary, they really put me on, they took me under their wing. One particular Rotarian, she says, we go on walks at 530 in the morning. I know it's far away for you. It's Twilight Rotary. It's Twilight Rotary, but they did 530 a.m. walks with her and her friends okay. from another Rotary club. Okay. All so right. she said, there's, there's somebody I want you to meet that can give you some really great advice. I know that it's, you know, we're talking, I live on the east side all the way out to the west side. Right. She says, I know that it's a long drive at six in the morning, right. but I promise you'll be worth it. So she invited me and for a couple weeks, I would show up at this Starbucks where they all met. Right. She'd introduce me to different business owners. You know, They would give a lot of great advice, right? I could say, I, I don't know how to do this and they would give advice. And then I realized that this is what I have to do. Mm. I have to be able to lean on other people. I don't have to be an expert in everything. Right. Recurring theme, right? right. I met Sue Watson, who right. I know is on the show. Who Sue referred is, you? She's incredible. Right. Met Sue at a women's business event right. and got to talking to her and became a part of Power Group right. and some of her amazing opportunities. Again, meeting other business owners were in similar situations. I started stepping into my industry a little bit more and gaining more work colleagues. At the time I started, there was very few IECs. We're growing more. Right. So now I have colleagues all over the country that I know, went to conferences, met people, people in specialties. I always have, I now always have somebody to call. But once I just ran off the diving board and like jumped in and just started swimming, I've realized that we all have problems. It doesn't matter how successful you are. Right. Everybody has problems. At, at one particular event, I'll never forget, I think it was a Bakersfield Chamber event or something like that. I was sitting at a table with other professionals and I got talking to this one professional and he had started his business from scratch and everything else. We got talking about, you know, his industry and things like that and shop talk, you know. Right. I asked him a question like, what's the best piece of advice you can give me? And he says, Kat, to be honest, it doesn't matter where you are in starting your business, established business, whatever it is, 
it, you're always just going to come across problems. He True. says, the more, he says, you can meet your revenue goals and you're still going to have problems. He says, every day you're just going to be solving. He says, you'll learn more and more and more and more and more. Right. But there's not going to be this magical finish line where you've arrived, right? You've accomplished the thing because you're always going to be like, ah, make it. And I realized that we all put this facade on. Everything's fine. Everything's great. And it, we're dying inside, right. right? And for the first time, I could see other business owners as we all are lonely. We all have the same problems. We just need to talk about them. Right. And with him talking about that, that made that made all the difference because this is someone that I really looked up to. Right. And to know that he was having problems that he had to solve. I was like, maybe this is the nature of what this is. I need to lean on people a little bit more and then and then find out where I can help others. Remember why you started this. And that it is going to get better. You, you got to push through it. You got to get over yourself. You've got to do what it takes, whatever that is that you're scared of to do. You need to do that thing. You need to connect to other people. You need to connect to other business owners who have been where you are, who can help drag you out of what you don't know you don't know, right? That can see outside of what you're dealing with and give you a couple ideas. Cat. This has been a real treat. Thank you for joining us here on Small Business Celebration. Thank you for having me and allowing me to just, you know, share a little bit, <laughs> go on tangents, you know. And if visitors want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? They can reach out to us through our website, mymarchconsulting.com or higher scores test prep. Right. Email info at mymarchconsulting.com. Uh, mine is cat at mymarchconsulting.com. They can call the office 661 seven four seven four five one four as a business owner i will say if you want to get in contact with me call the front office <laughs> text you can text that number call or, or text the front office only because as i tell my students i haven't checked my email yet today <laughs> uh it's been a little it's been a little bit of a day i've been in meetings all day long right. right and i have student things and deadlines and everything else so if you want to get a hold of us call or text the front office or reach out to us through the website um, especially if you want to get a hold of me directly we also have other consultants here are incredible and amazing at their specialties so i'm not the i'm not the only one here in the office right um but uh that's the best way to get a hold of us and visioneers, if you enjoy Small Business Celebration, go ahead and like, subscribe, notify, and yeah, leave a comment, good, bad, or ugly. Go ahead and let us know because Kat is also going to be looking at the comments too. And I'll be right back with my final thought. Hello, visioneers. Sasha and I are here to talk about we've got a new season of Small Business Celebration coming up, and we're looking for ad sponsors. Isn't that a great idea so we can grow and expand what we're doing for Visioneer Nation? Yeah, he thinks so too. So if you've got a business, you've got a service that you like to promote to Vision Your Nation, reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram today. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you might find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. That's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. 
If you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to the Small Business Celebration podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. Also, if there's a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on LinkedIn and Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.